and welcome to Delete My Browser History. I'm Cynthia Murphy. And I'm Georgia Bowers. And we're back. We're back. We've had a long break, haven't we? I know, we? a long unplanned break. But um, life has been quite crazy. Mm. So, fun crazy. But I think the last one we did might have been just before or just after my book launch in January. Yes, I think it was. And I was literally ill for like eight weeks after it because I obviously had too much fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So in the meantime, I think I've had two different projects announced, both out in September. Um, And the edits have been kicking my ass, but I'm getting there. Um, what about you? I've just been doing life, I think, just just bumming around as normal, you know, <laughs> you know how it is. But and then, you know, all the bank holidays and everything and all the Easter holidays, it just it just all catches up with you and then you just don't have time to do anything. And then it's summer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it'll be our summer break. It'll be our summer break next, but <laughs> yeah. it's just, I can't believe it's May. I can't believe it's May already. This year has gone so quickly, but it's been a fun year. And we, you know, Melova had her launch, didn't she? And um, yeah. there's been all sorts going on. So it's it's been quite a fun few months, really. Yeah, it's been busy. I've done loads yeah. of school visits. I've done book awards. Yeah. I signed a big secret thing that I'm not allowed to talk about, which was the most stressful yet most exciting time of my entire life, I think. <laughs> um, I haven't done anything like that, but I have like finally nailed this damn book I've been writing. Yes. So I'll be glad to get that. Oh, God knows what's going to happen with that. <laughs> away from you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just send it away. But I know. Anyway, here we are. Yeah. And this is the fun stuff. This is our reward for doing all the work. Yeah. So, uh, mine's a weird one to just to ease us back in. It's quite, I'm going to say it's a fairly innocent one and then I'm going to read it. And it's probably not because it's, it's got some kind of horrible origins. Um, and the reason I, I wonder if one up, day we'll come with the same thing. Maybe. We might do. That would be quite funny because we'd we could correct yeah. each other all the way through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just interrupt. Well, no, I found like, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um well this for me came about from um I've written a short story that's in an anthology that's out with Scholastic in September. So Amy McCaw and Mia Kuzniar have put together this anthology and it's 13 horror writers and we've all written a little short story. So I did an episode ages ago on La Pascualita, which was the weird um, shop mannequin in Mexico that people didn't know if it was real or not, if it was like the embalmed body of the, the owner's daughter. So that really stuck with me and I have written a short story about a weird shop mannequin in a bridal shop and my sister's getting married next year so we're starting with all like the wedding process 
So I just started looking up like wedding stuff and and then I found a couple of like weird traditions that I hadn't known that was where things had came from. So this week I'm going to talk to you about weird wedding traditions. So. Oh, and we're getting into wedding season really, aren't we? So this is ideal. See, I've been to two weddings already and of course they were the day after each other because... (laughs) You know, you don't have an entire year to plan weddings. I mean, they didn't know each other, so it's fair enough. But uh, yeah, so yes, to get us ready for wedding season, uh, here we go. Next time you watch the beautiful bride walk down the aisle or the beautiful groom, then um, you can have a look at what's going on and you'll know where everything comes from. So we're going to start with the father giving the bride away. So I know some people don't do that anymore. Um, it's quite a personal one. Some people have their mother do it. Some people have nobody do it. And I kind of get it because it goes back to when women were thought of as property. So when weddings were more like negotiations rather than people falling madly in love, um, they were like business deals. So the father would basically walk the daughter down the aisle to stay close by her so she didn't run away. Oh, gross. I know. How horrible is that? Um, And also to be close to the groom and his family in case the groom saw the bride and decided to back (laughs) out. And he could be like, no, you are not. Um, So that was kind of gross. This one's even worse. So the best man, um, it comes from when marriage by capture was a thing. Oh, that sounds delightful. Yeah, so it wasn't uncommon to basically kidnap a woman. And, of course, the angry family would track down the groom. So the best man was literally the guy who was the best at fighting. Oh, my God. He could, like, fight off the family while the groom married the bride. Um, And the groom's men were also there to help fight, but also to stop the bride from running away. Oh, Cynthia. Terrible. And um, it's such a big important moment when like the broom asks his best man to be best man. <laughs> Will you fight my yeah. dad? It's like they would kidnap them because like I don't know, the bride's family might say, No, you can't marry my daughter, and they'd be like, Well, I'm going to anyway. And that's where like where eloping comes from. They would run away and they would get married before the family could do anything about it. And then when it was legal and binding, they'd come back and be like, well, you owe me a dowry now, or, you know, I inherit half of your estate or whatever it is that they would have got out of a marriage. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, This one's a little bit better. So bridesmaids were there as decoys. So there's two different variations on this. So one is that the bridesmaids were used to draw evil spirits away from the bride. Oh, yes, I've heard this. Yeah, and that's why. So originally, all the bridesmaids would wear white. Yeah. And they would, everyone would wear white and then everyone would have their faces covered and people would get confused. Um, Or it was possibly to confuse rival lovers or kidnappers of the bride. So if the bride was getting married and some other guy decided he was going to like interlope and kidnap her, um, and carry mm. her away. The bridesmaids would all be dressed up the same, so he might take one of them by accident. So, like, if you were going to be a bridesmaid, you had to be happy to either be like possessed by an evil spirit, 
or kidnapped by a rival groom. Um, but that dates all the way back to ancient Roman feudal China. Wow. Yeah. And up until the 1880s, bridesmaids and the brides all wore the same thing. And then Queen Victoria made white wedding dresses cool. So right. Changed. Mm, I've got loads of these. <laughs> it's so romantic. <clears throat> well, this one's mm, not romantic. Uh, the garter. So back in the day, it was expected that a marriage would be consummated immediately and in front of people. Gross. Yeah, so they called it bundling. So, like, this is in Tudor times. So the bride and groom would be kind of carried to the room by rowdy, drunk revelers. And they would be, like, bundled in, like, tied up into the bed together. And they had to um, consummate the marriage. So I don't know if people were in there or if they just, like, waited outside the door giggling. But apparently the groom would throw the bride's underwear out to them to prove that they'd done the deed. And that's where the garter toss comes from. And also, guests used to rip off bits of the bride's dress to keep us good luck. And the garter was like offered up to stop them from doing that. It's just, it's just no words, is there really? I've just ruined like the first wedding of the season for anybody who's listening to this. They're, they're going to be sat at the table at dinner after a wine and going, well, did you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, no, I'm not sorry, because that's the kind of thing I do at a wedding to people that I don't really know, because I'm not sure yeah. what else to say to them. <laughs> yeah, by the way. <laughs> and then they avoid me all night. It's great. Uh, so, honeymoon. So, after a wedding by capture, the groom would hide the woman away, get her pregnant, and then they could go home because there was no way they could, like, break up the marriage after that. Some historians say, no, that's not true. Um, some say it's derived from a Norse word, which I don't even know if I should try and say it. Say it, say it. It starts with H-J-U-N-O-T-T-S. Oh. Junotes Manatha. (laughs) 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 It is the weirdest word. Well, it's not weird. It's just a different language. Um, And that means to go into hiding. And that was what people would do after a wedding in Norse-like times. I'm not surprised after everyone's tried to rip your wedding dress and steal your knickers. Yeah. They're I, like, I, quick, right like before idea. anything else happens to me. Yeah. This sounds nice, though. It might even be from a 16th century Babylonian thing where they gave newlyweds um, a month's supply of honey wine and sent them away for a whole moon cycle to encourage oh. conception. So, I mean not being pressured into conception, but like a month's yeah. worth of wine and just hide oh, yeah. away for a bit. That sounds good. Yeah. So that's a nice one. Yeah. Uh, diamonds. Diamonds are a relatively recent addition. So in the late 1800s, new diamond mines flooded the market and diamonds went really low in price. So they were kind of worthless. Um, demand was sluggish and supply was out of control. Everybody wanted a diamond. So they just 
kind of lost their value. So then the DeBeers family, who owned a diamond mine, they hired an ad agency. And this ad agency must have been really freaking good at their job because they linked diamonds with weddings. So they hadn't been linked necessarily before, not the way that they are now. And in this ad campaign, they insinuated that if the groom didn't give the bride a massive diamond, then he was a failure. Yeah. So it like played into men's insecurities. Um, So it's interesting because you've gone from like dowries and women, you know, the family paying a man to marry them. And then they've twisted it around. So actually, you've got to give the woman this massive diamond. Otherwise, you're completely useless. So apparently the campaign was very subtle. It used celebrities with diamond rings. Uh, They planted news stories and socialites mentioned that they were wearing their rings. Um, So that was in 1939. Sales were $23 million in 1939 across like all diamonds, which seems like a lot, doesn't it? But then in 1979, it was $2.1 billion. Yeah, so within, what, 50 years, 40 Mm. years, they've, you know, timesed it by a million. Is that right? Times it by 10? I don't know. They made it more. We're not here for for maths. (laughs) We're not here for maths. Someone tell me what they timesed it by. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was an interesting one. So, yeah, even though... So in the 1800s, they were like useless. So then in 1939 is when they did this advertising campaign and it just completely reboosted it. But you can imagine all those like glam, like early 1940s, you know, celebrities with all the diamonds. Um, So the veil. So not everyone wears a veil now. And this also ties in with not seeing um, each other the night before, which again, some people Mm -hmm. don't go with now. So that was a re- religious connection to modesty and purity. Um, <laughs> they did not want to, and this is a quote, inflame the passions of the men around them. <laughs> uh, so if you look that good on your wedding day, obviously all the men were just going to fight over you. Yeah. In ancient Rome, veils were used to ward off evil spirits. And in business situations, veils were used to keep the bride's appearance secret until it was too late for the groom to back out. (laughs) Queen Victoria was the first modern monarch to wear a veil and then she set a trend for brides that followed. Carrying someone over the threshold. So my husband did not do this because... He could not physically carry. I think we tried and we just ended up like falling over and laughing. Um, Classic Luke. I think I'm heavier than him. Yeah, classically. <laughs> um, so the threshold gives the bride plausible deniability. So that means the bride is meant to be very virginal and reluctant. So oh. even though they're married, she's not meant to like go into it too willingly. Um. But if she was carried, that would be okay because then she could maintain that air of like vulnerability. It could also mean that she couldn't trip over when she entered the house for the first time um, because that would be bad luck. Yeah. Or Henry Morley, I I can't remember who he is because I did this ages ago. In 1890, he warned that this should happen 
because it would save the bride from any spells that had been laid at the entrance to the house. Oh, yeah, because witches yeah. like entrances, don't they? They do. So I liked that one. Mm. Kissing. Kissing began as a traditional kiss of peace, which I think is quite nice. That's nice, yeah. But then it's nice, but then it's, if you like not really wanting to get married and you've just been kidnapped. True. It's probably not very nice. Um. Oh, no, wait, I've not finished my sentence. You can tell I did this ages ago. It began as a traditional kiss of peace that the priest would give the groom. That get a plot twist. Yeah, the priest kissed the groom. Yeah, so it was a blessing. So the priest would kiss the groom and then the groom would kiss the bride and it passed on the blessing from the priest. So obviously the priest wasn't allowed to kiss a woman, maybe. Oh, I don't um, know if that's weird, though, passing a kiss on. Yeah, it is a little bit. But that's where the phrase, you can kiss the bride, that's why it's not kiss the groom. Yeah. So even yeah. though my priest at our wedding said, you can kiss your husband now. And I oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the kiss of peace was part of ancient Christianity from the very beginning. So when you go to a Catholic mass, they do this thing where um, you offer each other the sign of peace. And as a kid, it's like the most exciting bit of mass because everyone just shakes hands. So you just get to shake hand with everybody on the row in front of you and the row behind you. Mm. But that used to be a kiss. So you would just kiss everyone in church. Gosh. Yeah. Not very COVID not friendly, like, but it's kind of nice. You are with your family, not. not strangers. But I kind of like that. So rings. So have I written it down here? Now, there's, there was this thing that used to be on Pinterest all the time when I was planning my wedding. And it had a picture of a hand and it was saying since the roman times a wedding ring has been placed on the ring finger because it's the only finger where the artery leads straight to the heart or something oh i've seen something like that yeah yeah so i didn't find that when i was looking it up so i don't know if that's just bull um but it does say in rome in like the 15th 16th century so not ancient rome because that's what that that meme thing says it says it was sometimes used as a deposit so that's oh, what yeah. the ring was for it was yeah, a deposit and the expected dowry or payment to the bride in rome rings were used in business transactions so it was possibly introduced into weddings for that reason and it was a sign of a serious intention yeah <laughs> makes me a bit sad it is really it's uh, a bit like, you know what it reminds me of? You know, when we did our Christmas one and there was all those lovely Christmas traditions that you have every year. Yeah. And then actually some of them are just from like, you know, for really awful reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like that for such a lovely romantic time. It's like, actually, that was just your deposit because you belong <laughs> to someone. <laughs> you belong to this man who yeah you've never met before and you had to hide your face from. <laughs> until you were like legally married I, I keep imagining this poor bride as well who like is getting ready on her wedding day and like her mum or whoever is like no we need a thick we need a thicker veil, thicker veil. <laughs> has anyone got a thicker veil <laughs> go thicker <laughs> oh god oh can you imagine it's really oh. sad 
awful yeah and all your bridesmaids hate you because they know they might be like kidnapped yeah. at any moment Ooh. right i'm on to my last few so um wedding announcements up until the middle age there was no need to even involve the church or have any witnesses and that meant that people could get married as many times as they wanted to whoever they yeah. wanted uh they could conceal previous marriages they you know people were just doing what they wanted yeah so this thing called the bands was set up and i remember when we had to do this um nobody had told us about it like all our friends who had got married before and stuff were like is there anything we should know or is there anything that like no one told you to do and they're like no and then just completely by accident i realized that we needed to go to the town hall no. together and like say we're getting married and then yeah. they they print it out and they stick it up on a notice board in the town hall where nobody goes mm. um so people can basically challenge it so it's called the bands i think they do it slightly different in different um we were a catholic church but we had to go to the town hall but i know some church of england churches do it on the church notice board yeah um, yeah so that's that came from this the fact that people were just like marrying everyone willy-nilly and doing what they wanted so having Wait, a public why were they marrying people willy-nilly was it just to like just gather was it it was just purely business transactions just more and more like yeah Maybe. yeah or i or, think like you hear about people don't you who go like they leave their family to work somewhere else yeah and then they just forget about their old family and they just marry somebody new like some people just and they need that they need someone to look after them i mean i'm just thinking from well, a men's point of view here obviously yes. do they don't think it's women people. going around marrying everyone mm, yeah men. less likely yeah um yeah did they just want a housekeeper when they had moved and marrying someone was the easiest way to do it <laughs> yeah. you know so but this public announcement gave a chance for people to object so if Johnny had moved two towns over and wanted to marry Bertha, then, you know, his old wife Polly could come in and be like, no, <laughs> no, he's married to me. And I mean, mm. she might say, have him. Thank you very yeah. much. Oh, but uh, fair warning. So then the public announcement, which I never had a public announcement in the newspaper. I don't know. They do have quite a lot in Ireland. I think that's because places yeah. are smaller and then the only other thing I can think of is like proper high society like in Gossip Girl it would be announced yes. like the newspaper or yeah. Gilmore Girls <laughs> um, so that public announcement comes from like this whole letting everybody know about it this one will make you laugh so the bouquet uh, so <laughs> there's two schools of thought about the bouquet one is that it defended the plague because mm -hmm. it was like um they thought that bad smells caused the plague yeah so nice smells would um keep it away or the other one is that it was held at waist level because then the bouquet covered up um the brides i put the jj to make it sound a bit nicer because bats weren't that common and there might be a smell. Yeah. And I think that is 
horrible, but also I think what a really shitty thing to say about like like they've not said men have a a buttonhole because they've got smegma smell. <laughs> like if everyone smells, then everyone's gonna have you know or yeah. to hide their bo. But they so well, flowers they thought might be to hide body odor. It probably didn't matter how the men smelled. Let's be honest. Ugh. Do what they want, mate. Don't they? Doesn't matter um, how bad they smell. They just would kidnap a woman and do yeah, wanted. <laughs> and be like, "Smell my smegma." No. <laughs> Why does that make me think of Alan Partridge? <laughs> smell my cheese. <laughs> oh, this went downhill fast. Um, <laughs> So the bouquet oh. as well, the bouquet toss, that was, um, they used it to distract the crowd and then they would run away, which I kind oh. of like that idea. So they yeah. throw the bouquet and then leg it. Um, so when you have the marriage ceremony, the bride is normally on the left. Um, and that's because the groom would use his sword in his right hand. So coming back to the whole thing of oh. if he needed to fight, he would have his sword in his right hand, but he could like hold the bride's hand in yeah. his left hand. Um, putting the cake in ancient Rome, a broken cake represented the breaking of the bride's virginity. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've put in brackets our figures, and it just took me a minute to think of what that meant. But when we got married, our friend's dad made the cake and he was amazing and he made a little me and a little luke on the top and Aww. he even asked for a photograph of my dress so he could make like a little mini replica dress so it was this like two little icing people and when i went to pick up the cake from the venue a couple of days later like after everything had calmed down i opened the box and the figures were in there and they were just absolutely battered and someone had squashed my boobs and given me a jam nipple on each one. <laughs> Anything could sum up the last couple of days and how like broken I feel right now. That was it. Um, and it really made me laugh. I remember my sister-in-law was like, oh, I'd be so annoyed if somebody did that. And me and Luke just absolutely howled at the jam boobs. Yeah. Jam boobs. Still don't know who did it. I've got... I have my suspicions. But I, don't <laughs> I don't think they'd remember. Um, and finally, a white dress. Previously, any colour would do. You just kind of wore your best outfit. Um, and then Queen Victoria wore white in 1840 and it became a symbol of purity, innocence and chastity. So that is why a bride will wear white. Right. And there we wow. go. That's it. Yeah, that, that's really interesting, isn't it? It is interesting, yeah. I didn't use yeah. any of it in my short story in the end, like none of it. Of course not. But That's you've always got to, the way, isn't it? Yeah, you've just got to get your mind in it sometimes, haven't you? I think it's just weddings now are just such joyful, like, occasions, aren't they? I mean, obviously, but back in the day they weren't, were they? Especially no. for the bride. And all these, like, it, it's such a, I mean, I when my my dad gave me away and I'm a bit of a like you know oh you know a feminist. my own kind of thing yeah but even that moment I mean it's just it's I mean I've only just managed to hold it together and 
but actually when you know the reason why it's sort of you're a bit like oh yeah kind of ruined it now i know i'm kind of glad i didn't know glad to get rid of me to be honest <laughs> oh, see my dad gave me away as well and partly because i think he wanted to yeah but then as well i remember walking down the aisle with him and being a bit like thank god i've got someone to like hold on to while yeah. i'm you know because yeah. it's quite nerve-wracking and then yeah. i wore flat shoes but they were like flip-flops with stones in them and all the little clasps that were holding the stones in, I'd not worn it with my dress before and they kept getting stuck to the netting on the inside of my dress. So there's pictures of me like laughing merrily walking down the aisle, but it's because my feet are all stuck. And yeah. I kept going to my dad. I can't... <laughs> <laughs> there was someone there to like hold me up while I couldn't walk. Yeah, that's true. I had a sixpence in my shoe. Did you do that? I think I had one somewhere. Somebody had yeah. given me in like a little pouch. It might have yeah. been flowers or something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No. I can't remember much of the day, really, surprisingly. I got married. It's all a bit of a blur, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It goes really quickly. Yeah. There's no evening photos from our wedding because it was a big... We both had big Irish families and it was there was a lot of people and it was very, very busy. Um, and I remember sending around a message like, did anyone get any pictures of the evening? And everyone was like, no, I was way too drunk to take pictures of the evening. <laughs> and we had a band, so like the dance floor was always full. So I always wished that I'd seen some of them photographs. But yeah. Just don't. Yeah. No. No. It was rowdy. Only in your, only in your guests' minds. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. That was very interesting. And as I said, just in time for wedding season, so that's nice. If there's any new brides out there planning your weddings. Yeah, or any guests get... who, you know, never know what to say to the people at the table that they have to sit with who they don't yeah. know. Like, By the way, <laughs> the thicker the veil, the uglier the bride. <laughs> <laughs> just don't say that to the bride while she's got her, like, like really thick veil. Yeah, exactly. Poor Bertha. Very funny. <laughs> right. Thank you for that. I just I just remembered that on the night before my wedding, it was absolutely pissing it down with rain. And it was it was forecast to rain like crazy all day. And it was in the summer. Um, and there's this Irish tradition of putting you might have heard of this. The, the wait, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh the child of Prague. That's it. That's it. Putting it in the garden the night before. So like my auntie Mary, she was like, you need to get a statue of the child of Prague and put that in the garden. So my sister was on Facebook going, has anyone got a child of Prague? And and then she drove over to somebody's house to collect this thing. And then oh. I went in the pouring rain. And did it rain on your wedding day? It did rain, but I didn't get wet or anything. Oh, it didn't wow. it didn't rain at any really big moments when we were outside or when we were walking to the church or anything like that. So it, it worked. It obviously yeah. worked. It rained on mine as well. Yeah. Even though it was in the summer. But my friend had got married six weeks before and they had a big marquee. And it was so torrential the night before that the groom and all of the groomsmen and the family had to go down and literally like batten it down 
to make sure it didn't blow away. Oh dear. And the ground was ruined and <gasps> she was so, so stressed. Oh. And then the day itself was absolutely fine. But oh god. Oh, that's it. It that's always is, isn't it? Yeah, I remember being yeah. a bit nervous and then sat in the hairdressers and it was raining. And I kind of went, Oh well, I can't do anything about that. Like that's I'll just no. get ready and go and that's all I need to do. I can't do anything about the weather. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. People don't come for the weather, do they? No. They come for the weather. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So my topic is a bit strange. And I think when I I think when I did this, I was like in a bit of a dark place because this is like <laughs> this takes a really strange direction. And my I think it was just a reflection of my brain at the time. And so I'm working on a rom com at the moment, this damn book and there's this bit where the main character gets stuck in a chair so i was googling funny places that people have got stuck and you can imagine the sorts of things if you google that what comes up so i'm going to start with like the serious and my work my way down <laughs> to the really quite gross um but have you ever got stuck in anything got stuck somewhere I don't think so. I do remember at school lining up for dinner um, and they had, you know, you know, like the plastic trays that you get when you're in a school canteen. They had a trolley oh, yeah, with them on. Yeah. And on this trolley, it was like um, just like four metal bars, but they all had a hole in the top. So I just stuck my finger in one because why not? <laughs> I couldn't get it out. And I kind of had that panic of like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So I just like. <laughs> hold it with me a little bit so nobody would notice and I eventually got it out and went on but I'll never forget that thing of panic of oh my god what if they have to like saw my finger out and everybody's yeah. just here watching oh my god well we might have a couple of stories like that I got stuck down a hole in the, at the beach once oh no that I fell down yeah I was walking I was walking along the beach on the way to a restaurant so I was very hungry and I was charging ahead of the group that I was with and I suddenly fell down a huge <laughs> hole <laughs> that somebody had dug and covered with a towel and then covered with sand and I was this was a really deep hole and everyone I was with was laughing so much they couldn't help me out <laughs> and I still don't know who dug the hole and but I suspect they were on the beach somewhere watching watching this whole thing unfold why like do you think it was sinister or do you think it was like funny just for a laugh mate yeah what else are you gonna do when you're at the beach Fair wait enough. for some idiot to fall in your hole yeah um, i also i got a ring stuck on my finger once and got taken to hospital to get it cut off oh i did like you i thought they were gonna cut my finger off i was in such panic about it Oh, the list goes on. I got my lace stuck in an escalator, and escalators are really, really dangerous, which yeah. we will also hear about later. And I've had a few changing room mishaps. You know that like moment when you can't get out of the thing you've tried on. Oh, and you're like, yeah. I'm going to have to get the new look employee to help me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, and we had Peter Laws came on a little while ago, didn't he? Do you remember he was yeah. talking about that? who like fell inside that dinosaur and got, and got stuck died. Oh, yeah awful yeah horrible because he'd lost his phone he was reaching for his phone anyway so like I said I'm going to start with like people getting stuck resulting in death 
and then I'm going to work my way through till we get like the funny things and then like a whole section on men getting things stuck oh nice okay so first of all um I came when I started researching I came across chimneys so obviously lots of people have been found stuck in chimneys and in central California there was a burglar who died when he got stuck in a chimney he apparently they reckon he was trying to rob the place obviously and sort of trying to get in down the chimney and he got stuck and the homeowner didn't know that he was there so I don't know if he got stuck and just thought I'm stuck I don't want to I don't want to get arrested so I'm not going to shout for help but the homeowner um set a fire under him lit a fire in the fireplace and not knowing he was there until he heard the screaming and the the heat and the smoke had had just killed the guy who was stuck in the chimney so not good I mean (sighs) it was kind of his own fault well, yeah, and th- there's so many burglars who get stuck in chimneys and you just like, this just clearly never ends well. So just find yeah. a different route into your targeted... Designed to be big, are they? So they're not designed yeah. for people. Like, do all these people just think if Santa can fit in, then so yeah. can I? <laughs> <laughs> so chimneys, like like we said, are pretty much death traps and particularly I mean they did start changing the design of of chimneys to kind of when they learned more I suppose about how chimneys work and like the the best most efficient way for smoke to move in and out of it but they did start taking into account people whether people were in chimneys and that was because in the 18th and 19th century of course when you hired someone to come and clean your chimney they just use a child yeah climbing boys they called them or apprentices and it it's just it's so sad isn't it and there was this author called henry mayhew who's written a lot about it and he wrote a book um about the whole subject and these poor boys and these chimneys and stuff and 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 what the conditions were like and he's got there's this little story from 1813 a boy gets wedged in a chimney and his master hears him say I cannot come up, Master. I must die here. Oh, how oh, often is that? That's, that's, what he, that's what he heard him say. And they tried to get him out, but they couldn't do. And they said there were so many, so many children died this way. But of course, they weren't, it wasn't recorded. So the numbers, it's just not clear actually how many, how many people died that way. And he said that sometimes they'd get stuck or, um, fixed and the word stuck this is quite interesting according to the etymology dictionary this use of the past participle adjective of the word stick didn't technically mean unable to go any further until 1885 so they reckon that 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 word getting jammed in a chimney is is where we got the word stuck that's why we started using the word stuck which is is not very nice that it was just kind of invented for actually getting wedged in a chimney um and there's a in this book there's a diagram of a kid whose knees are if you imagine you know he's stuck inside a really quite narrow chimney and he's got his knees up around his abdomen and he can't move and it's what made them it make them vulnerable to something called positional asphyxia where the contortion of your body prevents the normal in and out motions of the diaphragm so you just can't breathe and of course in a, in a chimney you're just wedged and you just can't move oh, it's making me a bit I should have given a little claustrophobia warning before we started talking about this. But then in the early 20th century, there was even then there was cases of like maintenance people getting stuck in chimneys, um, uh, getting stuck, um, dying in chimneys. But 
there was less and less reports as sort of time went on. And then, like we said, people started kind of uh, the design of chimneys changed a little bit when they they made them better conveyances for smoke, which meant that actually people could fit in them a bit better as well. But they still managed to get stuck in them and die. Uh, so recent, more recently, a guy who got stuck down a chimney but lived to tell the tale, his name was Leo Wan. And he wrote about his experience when he was sitting with his legs dangling into a chimney. Oh, Probably not do. a good idea. Why was he doing that? I, I've written down Mary Poppins style here. To impress a and girl. Then, yeah. <laughs> Oh, his mates. Like, look what I can do. Yeah. And he accidentally fell in. And he said it said that his his fall was slowed by a well-placed well bend, luckily. But he still kept slipping and got stuck. But luckily he had his mobile phone with him. So he was able to call oh for help. Oh, my God. But honestly, yeah, just don't sit on top of a chimney with your legs no. dangling in. That's, um, I want to know why. Why was he there? Yeah. You know what it makes me think of? You know, um, do you remember when there was a whole phase of, people writing manic pixie dream girls like yes. john green that's the kind of thing like a manic pixie dream uh, girl would just go up to the roof to think and sit on a true. chimney so maybe that's yeah. what he was doing maybe maybe so there's lots of cases of bodies being found in chimneys and because they're dead and they're often a long time dead because you know that people didn't know they're there they often can't explain how they got there uh, apparently in 1928 in Australia, there was a child and a man found dead in a chimney, and they just don't know how and why they got there. Um, I suspect maybe she got in and he tried to get her out, because you maybe. would, wouldn't you? Yeah. And they just both got stuck. That's really sad. Yeah, it's really sad. In 1978, a guy in Los Angeles found a dead body in um in a chimney and the police just couldn't explain it so they were like oh he must have been high on angel dust or something <laughs> he just got in there that old chestnut being high and crawling into a <laughs> chimney as you do uh in florida in 1986 a burglar tried to get into a house through a chimney and got stuck there was nobody home but the neighbors kept hearing screaming oh, and couldn't watch where it was coming from <laughs> and then a couple of days later, workers heard tapping, but they just ignored it. And then a couple, and then two days after that, the owner came home to a very bad smell in his house. Oh no! Oh, yeah. and they tried so hard to get rescued. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, farmer's a bitch, isn't it? But you could just imagine, like the neighbours being like, "Just let's not just get involved. Let's don't get involved. Yeah. Don't get involved." I'm sure it's like, nothing. Yeah, maybe that family always argued, and they were like, oh, God, "Yeah, leave them to it." Yeah. <laughs> In 1989 in, in New York, a burglar again tried to break into a restaurant, but he got hung up on some plumbing inside a chimney and got stuck. He got his chest got constricted and he was found dead the next day with his legs dangling in full view of the morning staff as they arrived at work. Oh, Imagine no. Oh. Getting to work and being like, oh. But that must have there. meant he was so close to being able to get out. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know if New York is just a hotbed for this sort of thing happening. But then the following year, two burglars got stuck at the bottom of a chimney in a grocery store. And they were they reckoned that they were either trying to get in or out. But their bodies were found a week later, it said. So I wonder if the chimney must have been in the basement or something, because if it was a grocery store, they would have they would have noticed. Yeah, than... there's a lot of people coming through. Just yeah. the way you said got stuck. I was wondering, like. 
you think it was covered over? Maybe. Like one end might have been. Yeah, maybe. It didn't say their legs were dangling. Yeah. It didn't say anything about that. So possibly. Could have yeah, got to the people... bottom and it was like nailed shut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, so moving on from chimneys, we mentioned escalators earlier. Escalators are apparently the worst. The worst thing you can wear on an escalator, everyone, everyone listening, is flip flops or oh. like something like a clog type rubber type shoe if you can imagine that like a crock because they're so the grip is so good on them and they're really flexible so they so they can get kind of locked uh. in and yeah yeah oh my god i thought you were gonna say um laces well i d like i said i did get my lace caught in an escalator and was convinced i was going to get sucked under like cartoon style yeah. but my mum came to the rescue she oh. had that I think she had that kind of you know that adrenaline moment yeah <laughs> she's like yeah. not today not today escalator when my niece um, was little she was terrified of escalators and she would just get like close to one and just kind of freeze and go oh so you would have to pick her up and put her on it and yeah. then she was fine but getting on and yeah. off you'd have to put her on and you'd have to pick her up and get her off at the end yeah it's a lot to think about for small people I think <laughs> yeah it's just like it's moving stairs and they do look like teeth and they are incredibly dangerous. Mm -hmm. I've got a statistic here about how many accidents there are actually on escalators annually. But so, like I said, yes, yeah, so bear in mind, don't wear flip flops on an escalator. In 2001, a child lost three toes on an escalator after getting sucked, getting his oh foot caught. In 1998, a woman died on an escalator at a subway station after her coat and sweater got stuck in the stairs, strangling her. Oh, my God. In 1997, a child got her foot mangled by an escalator um, in a department store left her and left her big toe dangling by a piece of skin because she'd got her foot stuck. She, her shoe had got oh. stuck and it had just started. I know. Oh. Uh, in 1963, a woman caught her shoe heel and her hair in the steps oh, of an escalator. No. See, I just started okay. thinking about that. Oh, God. If you fell, and because I have long hair. Yeah. Oh. It's just no hope. Oh. Yeah, right. not nice. I'll so there's from now on. Yeah, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, so this is just child-related accidents of people getting stuck. Um, many there's many of the two thousand annual injuries on escalators occur when a shoe, clothing, or a stroller gets trapped in the space in the moving stairs. I I, I just never knew that was it was. So yeah. it's a wonder that they're still allowed to function. Anyway. Oh yeah. Oh. right moving on we've got another guy who's got stuck another burglar who's got stuck in a um a duct so he was covered in grease when they found him because he tried <laughs> to break into a pizza parlor and then got stuck in the air duct and obviously was just stuck there screaming for help for 30 minutes until eventually the police turned up and they managed to get him out and his the bottom half of his body was like hanging over a an air fryer that was still on an air fryer. Oh. I'm obsessed with air fryers. I didn't mean air fryer. I meant like just a fryer. Oh my <laughs> an god! Air fryer would be fine. Yeah. 
So yeah, not not ideal. It's just it's just another reason not to break into a place, really. Yeah, definitely. Right, we 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 we're really going um, off track here. There was strong winds meant that a roller coaster in East China stopped at the top of its loop, so it got stuck at the top of its loop, leaving eighteen people hanging upside down for about half an hour. Oh and my six, god! Six of them became very ill, which oh, I am well, surprised. Yeah, yeah, and. They were all sent to hospital, but everybody was discharged later. And apparently the equipment was in good working order, but it was just that there was this massive gust of wind and it's like a, a sort of safety device that, and it just stopped at the top of its loop. Awful. That is awful. That's yeah. like worst case scenario, isn't it? Yeah. Apart from like going off the rails. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a prisoner. I love this one. A prisoner called Roberto Carrillo tried to squeeze through the gap between the roof of a Mexican jail and the bars of his cell. He ended up getting so completely stuck that he was hanging upside down and he had to call the guards to help him. <laughs> <laughs> so they rocked up amid lo lots of laughter, I imagine, and they, they cut him free with a chainsaw. Oh, my God. And I've put, where... Where did they get the chainsaw from? Chainsaws in prisons just doesn't sound like a good idea to me. And of course, they just put him straight back into the cell. So I thought that was quite funny. That is quite funny. I wonder what he said. I wonder if he tried to be like, oh, he's just trying to refill over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet they did just stand and laugh at him for a Yeah. Oh, you would, wouldn't you? Take yeah. a few pictures, yeah. send it round to the prison guard WhatsApp group. Yeah, exactly. Uh Next, we have a young American student who, in a place called Tübingen in Germany, had to be rescued by 22 firefighters after getting trapped inside a giant 32-ton sculpture of a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> the Shakan P, which means apparently making love sculpture by the Peruvian artist Fernando de la Jara, is outside the university's Institute for Microbiology and Virology. And police confirmed that the, the firefighters just had to pull him out by hand without the application of tools. But there's this just really hilarious picture of him. And it's exactly as you would imagine. <laughs> just this guy stuck in a yeah giant statue of a vagina. Brilliant. Again, notice that it's a man. Yeah. Don't have women doing silly things like that, do you? Yeah. Uh, I like this one. A little girl at Thought Park got annoyed with one of those claw grabber machine things, you know, where you can win like a cuddly toy. She just <laughs> climbed inside. She climbed inside. She was like, I'm going to get that. And and then her parents were like, where's she gone? Oh, my and God. They turned around, she's like inside the machine. And of course, she just was thought it was brilliant and it was <laughs> you know, cool as a cucumber. And they were absolutely panicking. Oh, my but God. Staff, staff managed to get her out because obviously how they must like they unlocked it and opened it up which is i guess how they put all the prizes inside yeah i've never really thought how it all gets it's like magic it's just there yeah <laughs> yeah there must yeah the, the back panel must open or something yeah uh 
this one is from I think it was from the Guardian they shared real life stories of people getting stuck and this is from somebody called Sarcastic Fringehead which I think is a great name <laughs> screen name so it said age eight at a school football match on Saturday morning he got there early the gate was closed so I decided to climb over the fence and wait until the rest turned up fence made of pointed wooden slats about eight feet high got to the top and tried to jump down one pointy bit goes up the inside of my blazer and I'm trapped (laughs) and he said buttons done up and sewed on with fishing line by my mother because I'm always losing them fellow pupils turn up but they're 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 too small to free me (laughs) (laughs) I spend nearly half an hour hanging there as if crucified until a teacher arrives (laughs) when finally released I have no feeling in either arms as my circulation was cut off and have to be sent home Oh my god! <laughs> oh dear! Brilliant! But oh, oh, can you imagine arriving to that scene? Oh, I know, just a nightmare. This one you might have heard. This is a sixteen-year-old girl called Ella who got stuck up to her waist when she dropped her phone down a storm drain, and it was a new phone. She'd only had it two weeks, so she squeezed inside to get it. And it says people, and I'm just like, uh, what, like her mates or just people on the street tried to help her, but they couldn't, probably because she was laughing. Well, they were laughing so much. And then they called the firefighters who pulled her out. But there was this eyewitness who said that she was quite calm and relaxed and saw the funny side of it. How she thought she was going to get her phone, I have no idea. And there's a photo of her because she's gone in like, she's just gone in with her legs and she's stuck in waist, like waist deep with her arms free. Oh, right. So I don't know how, I think maybe she thought she was going to get the phone with her feet or something. She probably but thought of she course she'd get in, get it and get back out again. Probably. She right. probably thought this this will all be, yeah, this will go fine. Um, and I'd rather be stuck like that though. Oh, me too, definitely. Yeah, like if she went in head first and her Oh, well, I've got one of those in a minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There are when you Google adults getting stuck in funny places, I can't tell you how many <laughs> photos there are that have clearly been taken on a bank holiday Monday at a barbecue or, you know, at a christening or something near a park. And there are adults stuck inside swings, stuck on <laughs> slides, stuck on climbing frames, and just like with a couple of firefighters standing next to them looking oh, really God. pissed off. There's so many of them. I found this one called Bouncy Mustard, and it's just all these people stuck and like stuck in those little um little tight cars you know those little red and yellow ones <laughs> yeah. for kids. and it's just like all arms and legs and then you get to the point where you're just laughing so much that you just can't do anything we've all been there brilliant <laughs> anyway um so yeah talking of someone getting stuck upside down a woman who was at brunch which is how all the best <laughs> start stories start bottomless brunch yeah, got stuck upside down behind the wall sofa at the end when she tried to read <laughs> her friend's jacket. So if you oh, can no. imagine, I think it was in a corner, you know, like, can you picture a corner sofa with like a, a sort of recess behind it? Yeah, so, so like the corner then, is round, but the room yeah, is square. Yeah. yeah, and of course, after a few Proseccos and, you know. So her name was Lindsay Clark and she was 40. She'd been celebrating a birthday at a restaurant. Uh, Prosecco was flowing and it was a bank holiday weekend. So and at the end, she reached down the back of the sofa to grab her friend's coat and then suddenly found felt herself tipping over, which you can imagine, until her legs 
and her feet were just sticking up <laughs> from behind the sofa. And there's this photo which I will share, and it is just so funny because it's it's her legs sticking up, and these two poor waiters who must be about <laughs> twenty trying what one of they've each got one of her legs luckily she's wearing trousers but they're they're just laughing so much and they it took them about 10 minutes but they managed to get her out and it's just it's such a funny picture because you can imagine like I said after you've been drinking doing something like that and then everybody around you just losing it completely so none of your friends can help you all laughing so much (laughs) these poor poor lads managed to get her out anyway and they just yeah it's like the third time it's happened this week yeah (laughs) uh right so I'm getting to the really weird ones now (laughs) there's this thing uh, this this is a myth but I thought I'd share it anyway there's a rare phenomenon called penis captivus (laughs) 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 where a man becomes stuck inside a woman when her vaginal muscles suddenly clamp down Oh my sometimes, god. Ew. Sometimes the man is unable to withdraw even after he loses his erection. So they don't they don't think there's any truth in this really, but I still wanted to share it because it <laughs> um, it had a, it had a brief mention on Urban Legend, that classic film. Yeah. It did. I I think just as a story, it wasn't a scene. Yeah. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> don't think it was an actual scene right I'm going to race through the rest of these now we're getting like I said we're getting really weird now so just prepare yourself uh in 2022 a reddit post was created with the title 88 year old French man evacuated a whole hospital because he had a world war one shell stuck in his anus so oh this is my god true story According to the French newspaper, Nice Matin, um, this unidentified guy, they were like, do you want to give us your name? He's like, no, you're all right. Um, <laughs> he checked into the emergency room and he told he told the staff very calmly that there was a military shell stuck in his butt. He tried to reassure them that the shell was not dangerous, saying it had been demilitarized. But d- nevertheless, they decided not to take his word for it. And they ended up having to evacuate the entire building. Uh, they did actually end up removing it through surgery. They had to retrieve it through his abdomen. And uh, <laughs> the guy, the, the, the spokesperson of the facility apparently released a statement that said something like, when in doubt, we took every precaution, which was obviously not the case with the patient who caused <laughs> caused all this commotion. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, oh, I know. What is going I through know. your head? Well, or going through your butt, more like. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a few. Here's a few more things. Um, someone, yeah, somebody went to the, ended up at the doctor's with a glass bottle stuck up there. This no. 72 year old uh, told them that he was nearby, going for a, he was going for a dump outside when suddenly <laughs> his wooden limb snapped and he <laughs> fell onto the glass bottle. <laughs> I, I think it. I wasn't expecting the wooden leg to. Stop. I know, I know. I think most of these stories are explained in a similar way. Like I just fell on it. Yeah, and it's yeah. like there's certain. Yeah, yeah. Fifty-year-old uh, <laughs> m- m- doesn't say man, but I'm going to assume it's a man. <laughs> ended up in A and E in Hong Kong 
with suspected peritonitis, which is inflammation of the bowel, but a radiograph showed that he had an eel inside himself. Oh, Jesus Christ. The abdominal pain was actually the eel biting his colon. Oh. I know. Yeah. Oh, Gross. my God. Like... He said, that he, he said that he put it in there to help his constipation. I mean, there's simpler ways, isn't there? <laughs> there is. I mean, I don't think that's medically yeah. like, suggested. Uh, this other guy who used to work in A&E said that one day somebody came in who had a love egg stuck inside him and it had been there for three days because he'd been on a stag do to Amsterdam. (laughs) And when he got back to the UK, he went straight to A&E and they joked about waiting for the batteries to run out. But the guy burst into tears and said that it had been vibrating the entire time and it was driving him crazy. Oh, no. Oh, so it wasn't even nice. Um, and I've got I've got pictures here of all these x-rays on my computer I mean talk about this is seriously like delete my browser history stuff isn't it (laughs) just taking you where you don't want to go a bit like that eel oh god (laughs) Um, next we have a man who didn't give a reason no reason needed shoved a jar of instant coffee up his bum but first of all he hammered some pins into the lid so it's as horrifying as you imagine the x-ray it's just a jar with like pins what hammered into heck? it oh my god i don't god. know i don't know that's got to be someone who's just not very stable yeah like... yeah and then next we have a standard light bulb up there did it not break shatter they it shattered when they got it out yeah no it stayed intact because right. I mean, if you change Next. a light bulb, you just bounce it off something sometimes, and it smashes. Yeah, yeah, they're really, they're really delicate. It's obviously greased up well. Yeah. Next, we're going, Cynthia, to infinity and beyond, with a Buzz Buzz Lightyear stuck up there. Oh my god! A Buzz Lightyear toy. Oh, and I bet every single one of these men said, but I'm not gay. I don't I don't yeah. find men attractive. I just really <laughs> like putting things up my bum. Yeah. Well, I think that guy must have liked Buzz Lightyear a little bit too much. Oh. Uh, it's it's just the closest thing around, which is even more disturbing, because was it his? Well, I don't know, but I mean, talk about things that are around you and you just think, oh, I'll give that a go and see what happens. I don't. Th- oh. I think this is the most disturbing, this one. Doctors found a rock-solid object just inside the anal sphincter. I'm sorry, I just laughed at the word sphincter. <laughs> of a 27-year-old man. He injected liquid adhesive into his rectum using a dual-chambered glue gun, which hardened and became fixed. Why did you do that? And how did you do that? Why? Like, what did he think was going to happen? Maybe was probably like a homemade some... butt plug. I don't know. I don't. I just don't know. I just don't know about these things. Uh, wow. Next, we have a aubergine, which is pretty. It seems quite vanilla compared to the rest of them, really, doesn't it? It does, but aubergines are big. Yeah, this one was 19, seven, 19, seven, 19 centimetres long. 
oh. adjacent stuffed in adjacent to the gallbladder and it caused it caused a buildup of fluid and gas which oh, really? <laughs> yeah and then this guy who is a lawyer he was apparently showering having a shower with his phone <laughs> and then he slipped and fell right on top of the ringing phone weird like just the shape of a phone <laughs> i know how, how? Oh my god. Oh man just stop. <laughs> oh I know. And just just to sign off. This was from the Daily Star. And oh, it says brilliant. yeah, apparently according to doctors in the NHS, they remove 300 objects from rectums alone. I mean a lot of people fall over. A lot of people yeah. fall over. A lot yeah. Oh it, my god. I know. So can I really hope I, I never fall on anything though and have to go to hospital and be like, but I fell on it. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, but I really did fall on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're never going to believe you, are they? No. They just, they probably just don't ask questions anymore if you get somebody like that come in. They're just like, we don't want to know. Oh, if there's anyone who works in like an x ray department or something who listens. Yeah out of our five listeners and oh, you've yeah. ever seen anything and you can tell us like vaguely in confidence please write in and tell us that would be amazing yeah it would be amazing I just don't know what else to say um I mean like I said that yeah. took me to, to some dark places that research I bet it made you laugh though I bet you needed a laugh at the time it was, but it's one of those ones again where if you're sitting in a coffee shop and you've got somebody looking at <laughs> yeah. your shoulder, and I've just got all these X-rays of like you know an eel and the jar with the pins. That's ooh, that one's yeah, that one makes and again, glass, glass, just not a good idea. No, none of it's yeah. a good idea. Anyway. I'm still stuck on the guy having a wooden leg that. Snap. I know that like, was that was an unexpected twist, wasn't it? It was, and I mean, he it must have been there and broken. It's a, maybe he really did fall over. Maybe that was like a real one. <laughs> or do you think he just had an old leg that he put on, and he was like, "Oh, look, he broke." If that was me, if that was me, I would have I would have broken the leg after the after the event <laughs> so that I had. <laughs> A story, <laughs> a cover story. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, I think that's us now, isn't it? It is. So, on that mm. note, thank you for listening. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, see you soon. Bye. Bye. Browser history deleted.